Hi, my name's Lou, and today I'm going to be reading the internet for you. Why will why not? And today's what is going to be a delightful trip to the forums of Rub Maps. Rubmaps.ch, of course, is the website where you go to find out everything you need to know about visiting your local Asian massage parlor. Your local Asian massage parlor. But before we get to that, I just want to thank everyone for supporting the podcast on Patreon. I know I've paused the Patreon while I wasn't recording. I know I have not put out a podcast for a few months, but uh, I'm back to recording. And I had paused the Patreon in order to not charge people while I was not producing anything, but uh, I will be unpausing it for October, uh, which is tomorrow. So by the time this comes out, it will have been unblocked because I'm going to release this as soon as possible. That's about it. If you would like a magnet, of course, Lou Reed's magnets are always available. Uh, just let me know by sending me an email to loureeds at gmail.com and I will send you a magnet in the mail tooth suite. Recently, I have had requests from Nova Scotia, Pakistan, Germany, and of course, the United States of America. And I'm sending out magnets. So I still have a f- bunch So don't feel bad asking, because I already have them, and I have all the postage to send them. So request away. So without further ado, let's get right into this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for you. So the first thing we're going to read from Rub Maps, which whose uh, website subtitle is Find Your Happy Ending, is in a thread in the Rub Maps forum subforum Massage Parlor Tips for Newbies in a thread started by ATMSS7, entitled... What is the top five tops for a beginner? And of course, to remind everyone, this is a forum for men, mostly, who are looking to go to Asian massage parlors for happy endings, which is, of course, a euphemism for masturbation, at a minimum. So, without further ado, the first post goes like this. I know I could have used a quick, quote-unquote, top five list when I first started. Mine would be, one, just walk in the door. You are not the first guy to go to a massage parlor. Two. Shower, brush your teeth, and wear clean clothes to the AMP, which stands for uh, Asian Massage Parlor. Three, if they ask for 40, give them 40. If they ask for 50, give them the extra 10 bucks. It's not a lot of money to you, and you are new. Go with the flow. Talk to the lady. Don't be shy. Smile. Talk a little and compliment her on something. Her smile, her face, her massage. Five, touch her legs. Don't be shy. Try it. If she pulls back, then stop. If she doesn't, then you are good to go. One extra. Fucking relax. It is fantasy. Don't treat it like real life. Keep it light and fun. And remember, this is just an hour-long fantasy. And John Francis adds, 1. Go to window and see who is available. If you don't like girl at window, ask if they have any other girls available. If you like what you see, get a half hour. 2. If you are funky, ask for table shower. If you are clean, get naked and sit on edge of table till she comes. 3. Compliment her on something. Nice smile, nice ass, nice tits. I usually grab her at this point and say something. 4. Rub on her when she is massaging you and talk to her. Ask if she has been busy today. Ask where she is from. Talk to her. 5. Don't be cheap and don't throw too much money at her. I usually keep $120 in pocket and offer that first for everything. They always want more. Tell them that's all you got or offer 20 more if they are hot. Ivan usually gets the works for 40 at the door and 120 to 140 in the room. And Orchard Fan adds, Be polite. 
I've read too many reviews where the monger, which is a self-nickname for people who go get hand jobs from these places, I'm not sure, seems pushy about getting their extras sooner than the SP planned. That's service provider, I'm assuming. Remember, this is like working at a fast food slash retail place. Many of the employees probably don't want to actually do it. Don't make their day worse for them. And Gopher1904 writes, Be respectful. Be kind. Be clean. Be confident. Always remember, these women are human beings deserving of the same treatment as all human beings. Talk to them. Try to make them laugh a little. Try to be a bright spot in their day. It really goes a very long way towards making it a great experience. And happy to see you ads. Just read a local review where a guy says the RA, which stands for Relaxation Assistant, was unfriendly and demanded the tip up front. Reading deeper, you find out he squeezed her tits before the massage started. Uh, I think that's why she turned cold. Noobs, be respectful and kind. Get your butt on the table and enjoy the ride. Make her feel comfortable and you'll see the light. And Snoopy206 writes, Yeah, reading about that kind of behavior annoys me. It's clear some dudes feel entitled to immediately start grabbing away and basically treating providers like pieces of meat because they're about to part with some cash. Pro tip, acting like a rapey creeper isn't a good look, nor a viable predictor of good service. And DT2828 replies, actually is a viable negative predictor of good service. A minus 1.0 correlation. And Uncle B writes, 1. Wash your ass. Kind of goes without saying. 2. Act like you've got some sense. You're a paying customer, but it ain't a meat market. 3. Be complimentary. This is a service industry. If she's doing a good job, speak up. It goes further than you think. 4. Don't bring more dough than you're prepared to spend. A hard dick can lead to an empty wallet quick. 5. Leave a good impression. Every time you visit a parlor, you're already auditioning for your next visit. Don't fuck yourself. And CoJones123 writes... I know of one monger who takes the Koran with him and reads to them during the massage. Somehow it works for him. And Biennial writes, This worked for me with a young girl I wanted to bang. When it was... Uh... <laughs> okay. This worked for me with a young girl I wanted to bang. When it was not looking promising, offered to give her a massage after yours. Do a good job. Hopefully it will relax her. Ask her to flip. Massage her front. Finishing with a light fondling of her pussy. OTC. If she seems responsive, ask if you can lick her pussy. If she says yes, you have a home run. And Chuck U. Farley writes, I have also used the let me massage you instead, and it's worked great more than it's failed. Soon you will may a phone number or way of contacting out of the business. If you get this, try not to be pushy, and it's amazing what doors will open for you. To me, it's almost boring going into a place that you know exactly what to expect. I do like to challenge myself a little. And Yes Sir writes, Here's a hidden tip that I'll unlock for beginners. Unless you know the girl and have had a few sessions, never pay up front. The one and only time at S new place I visited, I was asked to pay up front and with Vang came horrible service. Rushed, robotic, and just going through the motions. At that moment, they have your money and they know all you can really do is get up and leave or just complain. Either way, bye-bye money for shit service. I'm just saying, use common sense and feel it out. Thanks. And Wadub writes, Most places that you're in for a first time and you look like you might fucking dash will ask for tip up front. It's okay. Providers you see multiple times will stop doing that. My top five. One, don't be nervous. I know, easy to say, hard to do. But not only is your nervousness visible to others, the girls see it too and might think you're police. Two, 
Know your negotiation limits and general prices. If you're a newbie or act like one, you will see girls trying to take advantage of you. Don't budge from your limits unless you're okay being hustled. Don't be that guy paying 100 for an HJ. 3. Know the routine. Know what to say and not to say. When to grope, etc. This one comes with experience. But if provider is suspicious and won't make a move, you have to make one. Otherwise, you'll be SOL. Don't be timid in places that serve extras. That doesn't mean you grab her by the pussy the first thing. 4. Goes with number 2, but don't be afraid to negotiate tips. It's a two-way business. She wants your money and you want her service. It's a sunk cost for you if you walk out with blue balls. But it's also a sunk cost for her because she will get a lot less money in her hour with no extras. 5. Have fun and do what's fun for you, brackets, within reasonable limits, of course. After all, it's why you come to these places and spend money. Routines are okay for learning the ropes, but once you have it down, just relax and enjoy it and try to get your RA to buy in your fun. And DT2828 replies, Something that you should definitely consider is how to handle the tip of an FS place, and that's full service. The discussion of what you want, quote-unquote everything, and the tip amount is a mood killer. And then the potential negotiation of tip amount is a big turnoff. So what I do is leave the FS tip on the side table where she can it before she comes in. By doing this, she knows what you want without any discussion and almost always eliminates negotiation. The standard amount varies by region, so do some research by checking RM reviews. The standard amount varies by region, so do some research by checking RM reviews, and that stands for Russian Massage. In LA, the standard tip is $100. I leave $120, brackets, but you can only leave the standard $100 if you want, on the nightstand before she enters. Then after a few minutes of the obligatory massage, she gets right into the fun without any discussion. A side benefit is that if LE, law enforcement, should be recording, there is never a discussion of service not fee for service, and you are never shown handing her the tip. It's not a foolproof defense, and that's not why I do it, but it does create reasonable doubt that you thought it was consensual sex between two willing adults. I do it to eliminate the mood-killing discussion of services-slash-negotiation and getting up to reach into your wallet to get the tip before the fun starts. In the years I've been doing this, I have never had a provider try to rip me off by keeping the tip but not delivering the goods, and only a couple of times have they asked for more. I don't do this at H.E., happy ending places, because quality of service and fun allowed varies a lot, and the amount I tip varies based upon that. And Wadub writes, The issue with that tactics is that in a new place you can get easily hustled. Since you didn't agree to shit with the provider, she can pocket the money and then just not do full service pretending she doesn't K-O-W what you meant. And yes, I've heard it happen enough times to not recommend it. Now this, of course, doesn't earn repeat clients, but this doesn't stop some of the girls. And Gopher1904 replies, I've left the FS tip on the table many, many times and never been ripped off. Never heard of it happening either, but I'm sure it has. In the long run, I figure I have saved several hundred by not being negotiated up. They almost always try to negotiate up if a price has been named, but only once or twice have I been asked for more than what I left on the table. Brackets either 100 or 120. Seems that they always want 140 or $160 if it is discussed. For BJ, I leave $80 and have actually got FS a couple of times for that. And DT2828 replies, Everyone has their own preferences, but for me, discussing price and especially negotiating is a mood killer and turnoff. 
If I want an quote-unquote off-menu item, such as bareback, then that changes things. I only want standard menu items. The only occasional issue is that I consider 69 slash D-A-T-Y, which stands for Dine at the Y, which also is a euphemism for performing oral sex on a woman, as standard menu. And some providers do not. I've run across a couple of girls who want more money for that. I pass on it rather than pay extra because I only want to do it with the girls that like it. When they want more, I don't pay. I just do the basics but will not return to her. When it comes to 69 slash D-A-T-Y, the girls who like it really like it, and the girls who like it love being rimmed. There are only a few who I trust to rim, but it drives them wild. If you know how to eat pussy and know how and when to throw in the rim, they come big time. Like I said, everyone is different, and that is I way. I only said it is something for the OP to consider. And, mm, let's see, writes, I have one quote-unquote, don't fall in love with your provider. I did and just messed up everything. Now my provider banned me from her parlor, told me to find another parlor and girl and never bother her again. It's not hard to do. If your provider is pretty, brackets, she is, and charming, brackets, mine is, and popular, brackets, mine is, you can grow tremendous affection and a heartache. Mine saw and serviced lots of men and all kinds of men and young men. I'm old and the jealous type. I made a mess of it all and lost. These providers, no matter what they tell you, they're not looking for marriage or a relationship, although I discovered mine has a favorite romantic customer. I could see the hickeys on her tits and upper shoulders she hid with makeup. If a provider is going to allow a customer to leave... <laughs> if a provider is going to allow a customer to leave love bites on her, that's intimacy. I lost, and my provider, after five years of business loyalty, had enough of my drama and ended the tie. It's kicking my ass. It really is. These girls are to make the money and the tips and as much of as they can, and that's through servicing as many men as they can in one day, week, month, and year. Falling in love with a provider is not hard to do, and it happens. Crying emoticon. And we'll go from that thread to a new thread, Again, in the Massage Parlor Tips for Newbies subforum, in a thread started by Co Jones entitled, Why Do So Many Girls Don't Like Tits Sucked? And it goes like this So I am confused. I usually go to massage parlors only for a HJ, even when everything is on the menu. Several times the girls will either show their tits or let you touch them, but they never, ever want you to suck them. And no, it's not me. I read a lot of mongers here having the same experience. The few that allow it like it, or so it seems. This is more for her pleasure than us. So why do they not want it in general? And B72 writes, If a woman has had kids and breastfed them, they may not enjoy it for several years. My wife did not enjoy it at all after kids. It can take a new mom some time before she is comfortable with her own sexuality again. And touch to... And touch Tunapa writes, Some women are very sore and sensitive before, during, or after their periods. And Lover Girl adds, Some guys don't know what they're doing. They suck too hard, and believe me, that shit can hurt. That happens one time too many, and then that provider won't allow it anymore. And Top Trade 303 writes, I agreed with Lover Girl 100%. Some guys suck on nipples like they're siphoning gas out of a car. That must hurt. Much better to softly lick and tickle. And Nadine's a bitch writes, 
As usual, lover girl nailed it. My faves tell me the same thing. Too many guys are too rough with both the hands and the mouth, and hence the no-play policy they sometimes employ. Breasts are wondrous, but sensitive things, and should be treated accordingly. And FOV writes, Some girls like it, some don't. Then there are the ones who are just doing it for the money and aren't into random guys sucking or touching them. Depends on how much you pay them. If you pay them enough, you can suck the, and they will tell you that you have porn star skills, whatever makes you fee good. Just don't spend more than you should. And Jones 123 replies again, I'm talking mostly tongue-tit massage. Again, the few that allow it go happy nuts. But <laughs> why won't more allow a nice lick? I don't understand. I get rough no good. And DT2828 replies, Would you like a couple of dozen guys per week, many of you, many of whom... Oh, man. <laughs> Fuck, that's gross. Would you like a couple of dozen guys per week, many of whom haven't brushed teeth since breakfast, slobbering on your tits? Especially with many mongers who only tip $40 no matter what they get. Having said that, I think your numbers are way off. On average, half are cool with it. The younger, hotter ones, under 35, is young for an H.J. parlor. Maybe only 25 allow it, as they just want to jerk you, collect their money, go home, and have their BF suck their tits. With the older ones, late 40s to 50s, they will often literally lift their tops and bras, pop their tits in your mouth without you saying a word. The older ones are either married in a sexless marriage, where the husbands come home from work and sit down to eat dinner, belching at will and probably ripping off a few farts, then grab a beer, plop down on the couch and fall asleep in front of the TV. Or, when they are single, they find it hard for an average-looking woman at that age to find a date with a guy they are attracted to. The upshot is that many of that age will often get horny at the parlors. I've only gone for a HJ a handful of times this year. At each of the last two times, the ladies misread and seemed to think that I had given them a sign as they dropped their yoga pants and panties and sat on my face in 69 position as they jerked me. They wouldn't get up even after I came until I pushed them off. Always brush your teeth or at least pop a mint before you go, and then they let you suck their tits. <laughs> always brush your teeth, or at least pop a mint before you go, and when they let you suck their tits, always tip an extra $10 if you want to do it in the future. As others have said above, sucking tits is all about your tongue, especially the tip. It's much more like eating pussy than it is quote-unquote sucking, as it really is a misnomer. And CoJones123 replies, Well, the other side of the coin is that what the hell? I'm getting an HJ from a person who has given some 30 HJ that week. So if I don't mind someone giving a breath and yellow teeth, also if someone is infected, body fluids can pass through... P what? Okay. Bad breath and yellow teeth. Also, if someone is infected, body fluids can pass through people's systems. Enco Jones 123 replies, True, but then why the fuck do these girls allow bear BJ and guys eating them out? It doesn't make any sense. Sorry. And DT2828 replies, With all due respect, you are not going to get an answer here. One, you're asking a question that only providers can answer, so all we can give you are our opinions based on our experience. Two, your premise may, in fact, not be typical. A, my experience is that the number that allow their breasts to be quote-unquote sucked is much higher. B, the HJ girls that I have eaten... <laughs> B. The H.J. girls that I have eaten all allowed breast quote-unquote sucking, and the one H.J. girl that did BBBJ, which stands for bareback blowjob, allowed breast quote-unquote sucking. 
Maybe before asking the question you have asked, you should test your premise by asking what percentage of our HJ providers allowed breast quote-unquote sucking. Again, I say this with all due respect, and I'm not trying to be snarky. And Sobalo559 replies, I remember a civvy, brackets, non-Asian, that said unless I was willing to suck her tits hard, not to even bother with them. It seemed that was one way of getting off. I've never had anyone wanting it hard on her nips, and I mean super hard sucking. And Big 153 adds, I guess if a girl had five to eight guys playing with their nipples almost every day, they would get sore, and like other people said, on their period is difficult. I love Asian women nipples, and I'm a fan of playing with them. I try to be gentle. And Co Jones 123 replies, Right, so they allow fucking 10 times a day with each guy pounding for 30 minutes, each for the right amount of money, but nibbles are sensitive, so no lick, please. This all sounds one-sided and with all due respect does not make sense. And DT2828 writes, So I just got back from an HJ shack. It's one I don't go to often, but it was late, 9 p.m. I was tired and they do a very relaxing massage. I planned to just relax with the HJ and do no touching. But then I thought of this thread. So even though I intended to just relax, I got to suck her tits with no problem. After doing that, I got carried away and decided to see just how much I could get. Does this ever happen to you where you plan to just lay there but then curiosity gets the better part of you? So I did FIV, which stands for fingers and vagina, and I'm pretty sure I could have eaten her, but I was just too tired. Bottom line, last three HJs sucked tits. I, for <laughs> I forget before that because it's been about nine months ago. I'm pretty sure your premise is flawed. And happy to see you writes, if they pull out their tits, it gets sucked 99% of the time. The only one who didn't allow me was this one Caucasian chick who said they were sore. Otherwise, I would have been able to suck away. Now, I have sucked my ex's tits after she gave birth, so I know I don't suck it the right way to get them to milk. However, my SO loves it when I suck and lick. She told me not to bite. I think that's a porn thing. When I suck, I take a whole lot of breast with it. Lick the nipples to change things up. Just take your time and enjoy it. Nice and easy. She doesn't know who you are. So it take time and trust. I try to gain that trust during the massage through conversation. And Professor Coitus adds, They do not mind me coming on their tits, so I see why they wouldn't want you sucking. But if you want to lick, be my guest and clean up my DNA residue. And the next thing we'll read in the Rub Maps Forum, Subform Massage Parlor Tips for Newbies is a thread started by RZO15 entitled Types of Asians. And it goes like this. So I was wondering, what's w the difference to Yali between Korean girls, Vietnamese, Chinese, ect, and the parlor difference between those parlors? And FOV replies, depends on if you can or can't differentiate between them. Asians can tell who is who. I can tell the difference between some, but I prefer Korean pussy. And DT2828 replies, let me first state, only been with two Vietnamese, both in parlor, brackets, and both within the last year. Only a couple of Japanese, both non-parlor girls, brackets, i.e. real life. One Filipina, non-parlor. A number of Korean and Chinese, both parlor and non-parlor. Koreans have consistently sweet-tasting and waxed pussies, and on average, best hygiene, mostly but not all, tight pussies. The Vietnamese and Filipina all had very tight pussies. One of the Vietnamese and the Filipina were very sexual. Chinese can be beautiful, but a number of them have off-tasting pussies. Roughly two-thirds tight pussies. Don't remember much about the Japanese. I was quite young. 
Not included in the above was a half-Korean, half-Japanese, non-parlor girl. She was probably the best-looking Asian I have ever been with. Very tight, clean-shaven, and sweet-tasting pussy. Good hygiene, sexual, but not particularly wild. Hardly conclusive, rather just my observations. And Long Rider adds, Has anyone else noticed that of all the Asian providers, the Vietnamese are the ones most likely to give a BJ, while the least likely are the Chinese, especially the older ones? It must be a cultural thing. And 43CXX writes, There aren't any Vietnamese around here that I know of. There have been two Japanese I have run into, and they are definitely at the top. Really good demeanor. Excellent BBBJ. And a HJ almost as good. Small sample, but definitely top-notch. There are a few ties that are really nice to be with all the way around. The Chinese are the most prevalent and have the widest range on everything. The Koreans I don't remember being really nice, but are a really nice rumpy-humpy, lol. If I could get a Japanese provider, I would run, not walk, lol. And Lover Girl adds, Had them all at one point or another, and I used to think I could differentiate between them based on stereotypical things that I had read about. Now I realize they are all just women with individual personalities and should not be defined by where they come from. And Snoopy206 writes, Agreed. If I had to stereotype, I would say Korean girls, brackets at least in the AMP scene, are generally more enthusiastic, talkative, and up for anything compared to others I have experienced. But people are people, and I certainly wouldn't define myself by my nationality. And DT2828 replies, For American-born, I fully agree. For foreign-born, however, there are cultural aspects that come into play and can result in some subtle differences. The off-taste I've noticed in some Chinese, I think, isn't a hygiene issue, rather the natural taste. But the Chinese were more apt to have bush or partially trimmed compared to the Koreans. As I have said, however, for American-born, all bets are off. J-I-M-H-O. And 43CXX replies, how many Asians who were raised in this country work in the spas? I have personally never seen one. Having been raised in another culture, they bring that influence with them. So although these are generalizations, they are just that because they express common traits. I'm sure they see Americans through the lens of our stereotype, whatever that is, lol. I think we are talking about Asians who were not raised in this country. I wish there were more Japanese around here. And DT2828 replies, the American-born have been non-parlor girls, brackets my ex-wife, is ABC, which is American-born Chinese. Of course they see through lens of our stereotypes, because guess what? Americans have a cultural behavior different than foreign-born, brackets even some cultural differences between regions. We all know the expression, quote-unquote, ugly American. A simple example is tipping waitstaff in restaurants. If you tip in, say, Italy, they will feel insulted. There is a level of truth to cultural stereotypes. However, racial stereotypes are BS. And FOV replies, If they were raised in this country, they wouldn't consider working at a spa, brother. At least 99% of them will think this is the only reason Asians from outside come to this country and do the job because they either don't speak proper English or don't have a work permit. Can't land a good job that doesn't require them to speak proper English. Even if they did, it wouldn't pay as much as an AMP would. They aren't like American-raised Asians who wouldn't mains the hard work or studying to accomplish something in life. AMP girls are generally lazy and stupid because they are viewed by non-AMP Asian raised women as uneducated tramps. However, I did meet a 19-year-old Korean girl in my city on my second visit to a KSP. I went there to see the girl for my previous visit but was told she was busy. 
Brackets found out after my visit that she was fired. But this 19YO spoke perfect English. I mean, if I closed my eyes, I could swear I was speaking to a Caucasian chick English. I found out her family had money. Brackets, she had the, if I don't make the money by myself, it's not really my money, Asian syndrome. But she asked Daddy to open a business for her, and a friend intro-cued her to the business. She started doing HJs and had an Asian-American BF, so she never crossed the line. Sadly, her spa remained open for only a year when she wanted to try something else, so she was starting to study business management at UCF, if I'm not mistaken, but she would have made it far in the business at a young age. It's just that she didn't want to manny money with all the headache owners have for owning a spa. One case of an ABC I met was because she knows her mother makes a lot of money, but never gave a shit about how she did it until the mom introduced the daughter to the AMP loaf. Brackets, Chinese community destroyed the provider's reputation in the AMP community. But now it's the daughter making big money and the mom closed her legs for good. It's sad because the daughter actually looks like a college student full of life, but eventually in the AMP life she will be full of something else. She hasn't provided a massage for me ever, so I don't really count her. But I've only seen the one Korean chick. Chances of meeting an ABC in this business is very difficult. But meeting an ABC owner isn't. That's another topic. And Awe Man writes... There are some college girls that work it for the money. I met one in MN of all places, Minnesota. Young as F and good looking, she was going to school. Here, auntie was showing her the ropes. She did not offer any HE at the time. Happy ending. But I think she may have turned. I've tried Chinese, Korean, Indonesian, Thai, Colombian, Cuban, brackets, want to try Viet and Ebony and Caucasian? There are good and bad providers for all races. They do it because they can make good money is right but some are great LMT also. And LMT stands for Lick My Twat. And happy to see you finishes the thread by adding, My ex was Chinese. Brackets, so am I. Dating a Viet chick now. I've fucked Korean, Japanese, Taiwanese, and Caucasians. I've not had a Latina yet. Bracket, on my bucket list though. I find that Chinese are most accommodating to my wishes, but tend to have a full or trimmed pussy. Viets are the best when it comes to doing the nasty stuff and have trimmed to shaved pussy. The MILF of each will have trimmed pussy. But I'm a tits man, so I'll take any with darker eraser nipples and C-plus cups. And we'll go from there to another thread in the Massage Parlor Tips for Newbies. In a thread started by Blueberry, entitled, How to Show That One Is Not L.E., which stands for Law Enforcement. And it goes like this. Hi all, I'm new to all of this and I have a question that doesn't seem answered in the forums. Is there a surefire way to demonstrate that one is not L.E.? Or to put it another way, is there something an individual can do that the police would not legally be able to do thereby eliminating all doubt on the part of the provider or MMS? I don't know what that means. It must be masseuse. I have read that it is a good idea to, of course, be completely naked and perhaps not drape with the towel provided. I ask because I am a youngish 53-year-old, 6 feet tall, keep myself in good shape and have very short, almost military-style hair. In other words, I probably fit the profile of L.E. I don't want everyone in the place or my provider to immediately be suspicious. Thoughts? And Hermanger writes, Generally, a swastika tattooed on your chest works. And Bald Beaver Eater writes, Throw down some cash for the MMS PPS. When the provider gets in the room, make out with her right away or start feeling her up when she starts massaging you. And Happy to See You replies, Walk into the shop naked. No place to put your badge. I think 53 is too old to be an Ellie Stinger. But if you think so, 
and Touch Tunupa writes, As long as I've been doing this, I'd like a serious answer too. I'm a quote-unquote youngish 63, ha 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 ha, and still sometimes feel, brackets, at places I'm new to, that they're thinking I might be L.E. Sounds silly at my age, but it might answer why some places are hit or miss. One guy reports, quote-unquote, it's great, and quote-unquote, everything's available, then you go there and get all kinds of weird vibes and no action, even when you wave cash at them. And Tacky Brady adds, Sometimes the girl herself would do a quote-unquote L.E. check. She may graze her hand across your backside or even your quote-unquote front side. Maybe even grab your crotch as you get into the room. Your response should not be to jump back or act surprised. Your response should be to smile at her and repeat the maneuver to her or grab her in an embrace and grab a handful of her ass or breast. Barring that, as you meet with the girl showing you to the room, a polite compliment on her appearance and your arm around her waist with maybe a hand dropping to the butt cheeks shows her you are here for extras. Be respectful, though. If this is your first time with a provider or spa, don't grope her in the doorway or hallway unless she starts it. And Big Shirty adds, I usually get naked facing up with a towel, and when they tell me to face down, I make sure to move the towel so they can see my junk. LOL, and I put my hands at the top of the massage bed above my heads. And if they bump their legs or body into my hands, it's usually a sure thing. If they move my hands to the side, it's a sad no-go. And Please Rub It adds, Here's my two cents. Get naked. Talk specifics about your job, not the actual company, but details such as, quote-unquote, I've been driving all day and need to relieve some stress. Caress their legs when face down. Make, quote-unquote, pleasured sounds when they get near your junk. Indicate if you've been to the shop often and that you get frequent massages. Let the towel slide off on the flip. Even legit providers will simply place it back without complaint. All of the above signals that you are not LE to a provider. And Sobalo559 writes, I saw this fine-looking K-girl. She said she would lay her hand palm down just above your crotch. Then if the monger laid his hand over hers, and if he moved hers down towards his crotch, she would then proceed with the H-E. If no movement, it would turn out to be only a legit massage. And we'll finish this episode by reading one final thing from the Massage Parlor Tips for Newbies subforum, written by Mikey98, entitled, I have a micropenis, and I want to try parlors for the first time. Bad? And it goes like this. As the title says, I'm barely three inches. It sucks, and I don't really seek out sexual relationships because of that. I have been thinking about going to parlors, but I'm kind of self-conscious about it. I have custom-sized condoms that can fit me better that I can bring. I would appreciate any advice. Thanks. And TraderHawk adds, They don't care about your size. Go for it. But I would advise choosing HJ places first, until you get comfortable with the whole experience and the flow during the hour and are no longer nervous. Then take your house fee, your condom, and $120 and have some fun. Actually, the big dick guys have more problems than the 3 to 4 inchers. No worries, man. And Lover Girl adds, They welcome my clitoris, so I can't see an issue with them accepting a micro dick. And DT2828 writes, Read reviews and look for the providers that are described as having a gentle attitude. Avoid ones who seem focused on money, or the ones who seem to be on the wild side. When you identify a few potential ones, you may want to PM a reviewer for more information on her personality. When you see her, be upfront about your insecurity on penis size. After you do the weeding out process and down-selected to a few providers, you'll be surprised just how kind many of them can be. She will be willing to show you things that you can do for them besides just with your penis and can help you develop your oral skills. 
most women come much more frequently with oral rather than penis and vagina, brackets PIV, anyway. For most women, a smaller penis is preferred over a too large penis. A large penis can be painful and does not allow them to rub their clit on you body when in intercourse. You will see mongers delight when the provider complains that they are too big and slash or won't let them do certain positions. These guys think the being too big is a badge of honor and are oblivious to the fact that when she says too big, she is really saying, quote unquote, I don't like your dick and that it is a quote unquote bad size. Also, many of these guys will be too rough and are too focused on themselves. Being considerate and learning to do things they like will make you preferred over many selfish mongers who are oblivious to the girl's signals. Good luck. Chill and have fun. And Emil4444 replies, That microwiener will score a perfect 10 at most places. You will become a welcome sight. And Jerry's23 writes, Guys with big dongs might not agree. Brackets saying small guys have that pee-pee envy. But I joked with the Korean provider about how big my cock was before she saw me undressed, and boy, did I ever get the old stink eye. Quote-unquote, no way, no way. She was quite relieved when she saw me in my birthday garb. And DT2828 replies, There was an interesting study on preferred dick size. A woman headed up the study. They used a 3D printer, brackets, best use of a 3D printer ever, and made 33 dicks of various sizes, brackets, length and girth, and shapes. The preferred for a SO was 6.25 inch length and 4.75 inch girth. For a one-night stand, it was 6 and 3 eighth inch length and 5 inch girth. There has been many studies on average dick size with various results. I think they should take these 33 dicks to a group of AMPHJ providers who have worked for three plus years. They could give the most accurate results for average penis size. Takes these 33 dicks to a group of FS providers to their view on most preferred size. And beats me 53421 writes, Be clean, be nice, and bring money. The girls don't care about your body or your dick. Take it easy and go get jacked off. And happy to see you ads. As an Asian, I can tell you that we are below average. I think we make up for having more nerve endings per square inch, though. Ever since I can remember, I would come so easily. Brackets, HJ or FS. Some of it is nerves, some from having way too many sensations. Enjoy your three-inch schlong, dude. The gals want your money and want you to be happy. And Cheetah Zero ends the thread by adding... I feel like anyone with a micropene should be entitled to free hand jibbers for life. Where are we at on this universal health care? LOL. Well, what did you think of that? I hope that you have enjoyed getting a glimpse into the world of the men and one lady apparently who go to Asian massage parlors and take part of their services. Or don't. Or thinking about it. Who knows? Yeah, I ran it. Oh, where did I? I saw this as a comment in some weird political thread. <laughs> so I, uh, you never know where you're going to find inspiration. So um, I hope you enjoyed it. There was a great, or no, I wouldn't say great. There was an interesting bar here in New York called Happy Endings, which was some sort of weird massage shower place that was an interesting bar, but it was not, the one time I was there, it was not great for a bar because everything is tile 
So it was like everything super reflective sounds. And like you would go, some of the sidebar like rooms to hang out in were just like, you know, kind of creepy places where you were, I guess, taking a shower with a person. Oh, I forgot to read the thing about the table shower. Maybe I'll read the table shower thing as an extra thing. We'll see. Yeah, so that was that. This is a topic I know nothing about. I've never partaken in such a thing. So uh, maybe if you have, I wouldn't expect you to write to me and tell me that you did. But maybe now you find a new home for new reviews of where to find Asian massages. Uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for your patience while I went through uh, sort of a mental crisis about this podcast. I, it's weird because uh, it was just like one or two negative reviews, which really kind of bent my head around the idea of like, since I started this podcast 10 years ago, people have gotten way more sensitive <laughs> about some of the topics and this sort of the whole concept of like, don't yuck my yum, don't uh, scrutinize the thing that gets me off, don't um, laugh or, you know, at people who are being earnest, things like that. It's very difficult. This podcast is basically reading things that are other people's uh, absurdities, you know, or like even that term is loaded. Uh, what's absurd to one person? Absurd to the next person. It makes mentally for me, <laughs> it makes things difficult, but uh, I'm persisting. So, anyway, yeah, I just got like totally in my head about the whole fucking thing. And um, it wasn't until I found something that made me laugh that I was able to do it again. So, here I am reading this again, and I hope that you enjoyed it. And as always, thank you to everyone who has written reviews to push that uh, dumb idiot who said that I was laughing at sexual assault on the iTunes review uh, out of the top comment on the podcast. And thanks to everyone who's still listening to the show. I appreciate it. I've gotten some emails lately. Uh, they're very friendly and encouraging and follow people who follow on the Facebook group. If you are on Facebook and you don't follow Lou Reads the Internet for you, I recommend doing it just because I probably post there more than anything else. You know, I'm on Twitter, but the Twitter is either me joking around or posting my far left <laughs> bubble theories. And then uh, Instagram is a mixed bag of me and pictures of my family. So if that's what you're into, that's, you can also follow me there. But the Facebook group is really the where I post funny things I find and uh, engage with people. Uh, so if you'd like to engage, please do. And uh, again, if you want a magnet, please send me an email at loureads at gmail.com and I will send you a magnet. Toot sweet. And you can also, if you want to support the podcast, you can support the podcast at patreon.com. There's a link on loureads.com that if you want to buy stuff through me through Amazon uh, or donate through PayPal. Again, the podcast is free. It's 100% free. So if you want to not support the podcast, just listen and tell your friends. That'd be just as good. Money is great. Uh, I have a temporary job starting in October that goes through January. Not what I want to be doing, but I'm still looking for work. Uh, it's amazing. I can't use this podcast as an example of any of the work I've done, which is awful for me. <laughs> so uh, also, if you want me to be on your podcast, I'm more than willing to come and talk on your podcast or collaborate with other people who want a guest, whatever. Just let me know. Again, same email address, loureads at gmail.com. I'm always up for stuff. Um, and that is going to do it for this episode of Lou Reads the Internet for You. I hope you enjoyed it. And without further ado, my name's Lou. This has been Lou Reads the Internet for You, Rub Maps Edition. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>